Arizona Science is supported by Research Corporation for Science Advancement. For Arizona Public Media, I'm Tim Swindle, Director of the University of Arizona Space Institute, and this is Arizona Science. Joining me today is Greg Baron Gafford, a professor of geography at the University of Arizona and with Biosphere 2. Welcome, Greg. Great, thank you. Greg, you've been working on something called agrivoltaics. Can you explain what that means? Sure. Well, this weird word, agrivoltaics, is literally the mashup of agriculture and photovoltaics, where photovoltaics is the scientific phrase for solar panels. And so how do you do agrivoltaics? How do you mash them up? In agrivoltaics, we're literally using the land to create some of the things that we need most as the humans, uh, food and energy. And a lot of times you see out there in the landscape a competition between food production or renewable energy because we have farmers in some of these landscapes and we need renewable energy. And rather than create a conflict between these two land uses, we're looking for synergy. And so we've brought them together in the same place. What that looks like out there on the landscape is you literally see agriculture underneath the shade of solar panels overhead. We all learned in grade school that plants need sunlight to do photosynthesis how well can they grow if you have them shaded by photovoltaic panels? Right. This is one of the questions we get first almost every time we mention this topic to people, even farmers. They know plants need sunlight. Well, the trick of it is that plants don't need nearly as much sunlight as we receive in our dryland environment. In fact, they kind of plateau out at around uh, one-third of the amount of sunlight we receive. And so under a solar array, you can cut out up to two-thirds of the sunlight. But because of this weird relationship within plants, it doesn't mean you cut out two-thirds of their photosynthesis. And so they take a trade-off of a little bit less sunlight to do photosynthesis, but for cooler conditions, because we all know that it's cooler in the shade, especially in the summer. And do the plants grow better in the shade? For the most part, we found that quite a few crops do better in this agrivoltaics or shadier environment than in the full sun environment. And how do the photovoltaics do? Well, that's the fun part about this. Not only do the plants get this reprieve from that midday sun stress, all that sunlight energy just pounding their leaves, and you get a lot less evaporation of any kind of irrigation um, that might have come to that place or rainfall. Because just think if you spilled your water bottle or your coffee in the sunlight, on the ground versus a shady area. Where does it stay wet longer? In the shady area, right? And so that means that every irrigation event lasts longer, can do more work to sustain that plant function. The trade-off comes from the plants back to the solar panels. Every time plants open their little pores to do photosynthesis, water escapes. And in a regular growing environment, that water just goes back into the atmosphere and gets blown around. In an agrivoltaic setting, we're literally, literally using that cooling effect of that transpirational water to cool down a solar panel. You might ask, why would you cool down a solar panel? Well, actually, solar panels get too hot. Anytime they're above about 77 degrees Fahrenheit, they're performing less well than they could. So think about that one. How often in the sunniest places where you would expect to see solar panels, is it warmer than 77 degrees during the day? most of the time. So we actually are doing something to help make the solar panels cooler, which is making them more efficient, which means more energy production per acre. What about all the things involving moving machinery involved in modern agriculture? Do agrivoltaics limit the size or type of equipment that farmers can use? Most of the research that we've been doing and most of the deployments have been with hand harvested crops, tomatoes and potatoes, lots of herbs, peppers. And in all of these cases, you see a benefit to the farm workers who are also being able to experience that shade during the day. 
But when you talk about larger scale agriculture, you do have to work within those constraints. So if you want to do an agrivoltaics in say Yuma, where you have really large scale agriculture with large scale equipment, what we're doing is just simply adapting by spreading the rows of solar panels farther out to accommodate that equipment that needs to come through. Are there places where agrivoltaic systems are in use beyond experimental? Yes, actually the largest agrivoltaics site in the US is up in Colorado. We do use it as a research site. It's about five and a half acres and it's called Jack's Solar Garden. It is an example of a guy who inherited land from his grandfather. He wasn't a farmer. Water is becoming more scarce, so he couldn't have productive um, leasing of his land for agriculture. And he was gonna switch it full scale to solar. Thankfully, we were able to intervene and talk about alternatives. And now he's a flagship for how you can do this co-location of agrivoltaics. Thanks for talking with us, Greg. This is Tim Swindle, and you've been listening to Arizona Science. Our guest today has been Greg Baron Gafford, an expert on the new field of agrivoltaics. You can also listen to this and other Arizona Science segments by going to the Arizona Public Media website at azpm.org. Thank you to Research Corporation for Science Advancement for their support of Arizona Science.